I'm closing out this series today called Don't Be a Dummy. We've been looking at some Proverbs from the Old Testament book of Proverbs where we can learn a better way to live and avoid some of the mistakes that we've either made in our past or that we see other people make. And today we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 1 beginning with verse 20. But I want to encourage you to invite someone to join us next week. We're going to start a new series going through the book of Exodus. And we're going to be talking about how God is a God who takes us from bondage to freedom. And I'm going to encourage you, join us for that. I think it's going to be a life-changing series no matter what you're facing or what struggles you might be in or what you may feel like is your bondage. We've got a God who specializes in setting us free. And so Today we're going to finish out this series, and I wonder if you are like me that you, you've grown accustomed to having uh, GPS uh, so handy now. This is Waze. It's one of the uh, mapping software apps that you can download, and it's my favorite. I know other people use Google Maps or they use um, some other uh, different version, Apple Maps, but I just keep going back to uh, ways because uh, one of the things is it'll tell you when the police are around. Not that I ever need that, uh, but it's just I just like praying for the police when I see them, and uh, so so that's why I love using that. I remember many years ago though when when GPS was not on your phone. Remember when it was pretty new technology and you had to buy a separate deva- uh, device that you would put on the dash of your car. You remember that? Plug it into your cigarette lighter and or the 12 volt for the you younger pokes. Uh, <laughs> and and you would put it up on the dash and you'd program it in. And I remember being in Atlanta, Georgia with uh, a friend and we didn't know where we were going one night. And uh, he said, well, I've got this new thing, and, and it's, it, it'll, it'll help us. And so he programmed in where we were going. But as we're going through rush hour traffic in, in downtown Atlanta, it would tell us the turns that we should make. And on several occasions, he would disagree with it. No, I think there's a better way than that. We're not going to listen to that. And he would drive beyond the directions. He would ignore the directions uh, that the little GPS device, I don't know if it was a TomTom or what it was, was giving us. And we, uh, maybe a Garmin, we, we, we got lost in downtown rush hour traffic and we were late for our appointment. And I'm just a passenger in this car, but I could feel my blood pressure rising. I wanted to take that thing off the dash and throw it out the window. If we're not going to listen to it, why do we have it? It's so frustrating. It's giving us correct directions, but he thought he knew better. And eventually he had to finally admit that little box knows more about Atlanta than I do. And you know, I wonder how often it is that we recognize our need for directions in life, but we ignore the advice and the wisdom that God wants to make available to us. We all know that life is complicated, and we all know we don't have it all figured out, but every day we are confronted with the decisions of life. And in those moments, we need guidance, we need direction, we need wisdom. We're talking about wisdom and direction for our ethics, maybe our business ethics or our sexual ethics. We need direction and help and guidance for our relationships, our relationships with our spouse or our children or our parents or our neighbor or a coworker or a friend. We constantly need advice and wisdom for our emotions. It could be the emotion of anger that we're dealing with and we need some guidance on how to properly deal with it. It could be that we need some guidance on our financial situation. What's the wise thing for me to do in my current situation, financially speaking? And we need some help there. 
And we need help and wisdom in our relationship with God. What does it mean to know him and to live for him? And the good news is God gives us that wisdom. He gives us that direction through his word. In fact, just in the book of Proverbs, we have this collection of wisdom that will impact our lives for the good if we will learn it and then live it out. As a matter of fact, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is finding out what you should do and doing it with the help of God. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is knowing and learning and discovering what you should do. But that's not enough. That's just head knowledge. Wisdom goes beyond just knowing into doing with the help of God. And every one of us need that. Every one of us need wisdom for the different issues and decisions that we face in life. And God has given us his wisdom. In fact, what we want to do today is go to the beginning of the book of Proverbs in chapter 1. And in verses 20 through 33, we see wisdom personified as a woman who is trying to get our attention to teach us a better way to live and to protect us from the harm that will inevitably come to us if we ignore God's wisdom. So here in Proverbs chapter 1 verses 20 through 33, we see wisdom personified. By the way, the Bible does that a couple of times in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, chapter 9. You'll see a couple of other occasions where wisdom is pictured as a woman, uh, is, is personified as a person who is giving us advice. We do that even today. We talk about how um, uh, Lady Justice is blind. And you've seen the picture of, of justice personified. She's in her legal robes and she has her eyes blindfolded and she has in her hands the scales of justice. And you say, well, shouldn't justice have her eyes open? No, the point of justice being blind is no matter who stands before her, the verdict should be based on the evidence, not who you are, not your skin color, not whether you give a lot of money to politicians. It ought to just be based on the evidence, the truth. And so we understand that sometimes we personify concepts in order to help us relate to it. And that's what Solomon is doing when he talks about wisdom being a woman. And uh, here's, here's what he wants us to know. There's five lessons, at least five lessons, that we can learn from wisdom uh, the first lesson is this, wisdom is plain to hear if you want to hear. Wisdom is plain to hear if you want to hear it. This is exactly what Jesus taught us whenever he would sometimes conclude his sermons with, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And everybody said, well, I mean, that's pretty much all of us. But the point Jesus was making is you've heard this sermon, but not all of you really want to hear it. You don't really want to learn from me and then go practice what I'm telling you. But for those of you who do really want to put this into practice, then you hear what I'm telling you. So look at Proverbs 1 verse 20 and 21. Solomon writes, Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. By the way, I'm reading from the NIV today. Wisdom personified, pictured as a woman standing on a busy street corner, calling out to everyone who passes by. And she is lifting her voice. She is speaking loudly. 
And she is speaking clearly. And she is speaking publicly. And the reason she's doing this is not because she is rude. She is speaking loudly and clearly and publicly because she has something important to say and something important for everyone who passes by to hear. She's not like those people who yell at you on the street with some political or even sometimes religious message and you just ignore them and keep walking. No, she's actually legitimately in authority trying to get your attention. Wisdom is available if you want to hear it. And she is out there shouting at us trying to get our attention. And by the way, she's having to speak loudly because she's in a public place that is busy. And there are many voices vying for your attention. We know that there are many voices today trying to get your attention to tell you how you ought to live, right? Your favorite celebrities don't mind telling you how you ought to live. Your, your po favorite politician doesn't mind telling you how you ought to live. Culture and media and social media is filled with voices telling you this is wise, this is right, that is wrong. By the way, sometimes those voices are telling the truth. But many times the voices in culture are absolutely the wrong way to live. And wisdom is trying to shout over those voices to get your attention because the only right way to live is God's way. In fact, you, you want to test whether or not what you're hearing from someone else is really the right thing to do, if it's wise to do, if it's wise to accept, you test it against God's word. If God's word backs up what this person or this group of people are telling you, then fine. But if what you're hearing from others contradicts God's word, you're not hearing wisdom from them. And you need to run away from it. Now, sometimes what we're hearing, we want to hear. We like what we're hearing. It kind of props us up and makes us feel better. Whereas sometimes God's word convicts us and tells us, hey, you're going down the wrong road. You're about to make a mistake. There's a better way for you to live. And we sometimes don't like God cramping our style. But God loves us enough to put wisdom around us for the best way to live our lives if we would only hear it. The second lesson that Solomon wants us to learn from wisdom. Not only wisdom is plain to hear if you want to hear, but secondly, some people love their way more than God's way. Some people love their way of living more than God's way of living. Their way of thinking more than God's way of thinking. Their way of doing things more than God's way of doing things. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 22. Wisdom asks the question, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Wisdom is calling out three types of people. She first of all calls out the simple ones. These are people who were just naive. They don't have enough information Maybe they're young and they just haven't experienced much of life yet and they don't recognize wisdom from foolishness when they see it. And wisdom calls out to these naive people, these gullible people who simply kind of just believe whatever they first hear to believe. And how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? It is 
not a crime to be simple. It's a crime to love your simple ways. It's not a crime to be ignorant. It's a crime to keep loving your ignorance. Sometimes you need to grow up and you need to ask the question, what's the wise thing for me to do here? But simple people are gullible people. She secondly calls out the mockers. How long will mockers delight in mockery? These are the people in your life who will laugh at you and ridicule you when you try to live God's wisdom for your life. It's not enough that they've rejected God's wisdom for their own life. They're going to mock you for being backwards, for being they'll call you intolerant, they'll call you bigoted, they'll call you hateful, and they will mock you for trying to live for God. And I'm going to warn all the young people in the room or watching online today, it is not easy to live for God. It is not always popular to live for God. It is not always convenient to live for God. Get ready for this culture and maybe even some of your own family or friends to laugh at you if you try to live for God. Mockers. And then he, she refers to fools. And how long will fools hate knowledge? Fools, <laughs> fools aren't simple. It's not that they're naive or gullible. And it's not just that they're mockers. Fools are the people who know right from wrong and don't care. They have made up their mind, this is my life and I don't care what anybody says. And they live foolish lives and they shut their ears to hear true wisdom. They have determined to live their way no matter what. And listen, there are people that, as, as my granny would say, you can preach till you're blue in the face and it won't make a difference. They're just some folks, they don't care. Some of you are having arguments with people on social media. I'm not trying to discourage you, but I'm here to tell you, how many lives and opinions have you really changed? Some folks you're arguing with don't care. No matter how many facts you give them, no matter how reasonable and rational your arguments are, they just don't care, and you're wasting your breath. And in wisdom says some people just love their ways more than God's ways. But here's a third lesson that wisdom wants you to know. That even though we sometimes resist God's wisdom, God graciously gives you opportunities to live wisely. God is patient. God puts up with us. God presents us with wisdom over and over even when we don't want to hear it. He is still gracious enough to give us another opportunity to learn what is right and to do what is right. Don't take my word for it. Look at Proverbs 1 verse 23. Wisdom says, If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. God says, I'm giving you wisdom because I want to help you. I want to guide your steps. Wisdom says, I would have poured out my heart to you. Wisdom is not trying to hide in a corner, keeping you in the dark. Wisdom doesn't want to uh, make life a mystery. Wisdom wants you to know her ways. And wisdom wants you to know her thoughts. And if you're not willing to listen, you can't blame wisdom when you're in trouble. Wisdom was on your side the whole time. 
And God in grace wants what's best for you. That's why He gives you His wisdom. His wisdom in the Word of God, His wisdom in the godly counsel of your family or your friends, or He puts you in a church like this that seeks to teach you God's Word and apply it in practical ways to your life. It's just God trying to help you. Every good parent knows this. The reason a parent says to a child, don't touch a hot stove. Don't stick that fork in the electrical outlet. Don't play in the street. Choose your friends wisely. The reason they say all of those things and more is not because they hate their child. It's because they love their child and they want what's best for their child. Yes, you can do all those things, but that's a foolish way to live. And out of love and grace and compassion, I'm going to teach you a better way to live. That is exactly what God does when he presents to us wisdom. He is not trying to hurt you. He's saying, don't hurt yourself by ignoring me. It's in your best interest to listen to my wisdom. And wisdom says, if you had responded to my rebuke, the rebuke is, you don't know it all. And sometimes you need to stop talking and you need to start listening and you need to humble yourself and say, what's the wise thing to do here? But you wouldn't listen to that. And the fourth lesson that wisdom then wants us to know is she wants us to know that your choices have consequences. Your choices have consequences. We'll see that God wants us to think about how that our immediate choices in those daily decisions of life have ultimate consequences. That's the way God has wired the world. You reap what you sow. Usually later than you sow and more than you sow. But you reap what you sow. The Bible says, and we still use this phrase today, the Bible says, you sow the wind and you reap the whirlwind. You sow the wind and you get a tornado because life is connected Life is connected. Your choices lead to consequences. And that's what wisdom is warning us about. You keep ignoring God's wisdom, then you can't blame God for the consequences that befall you. Look at Proverbs 1, verses 24 through 31. Verse 24, we'll start there. Wisdom says, But since you rejected me when I called, and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, Verse 25, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke. Verse 26, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Verse 27, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Wisdom says, you reject my wisdom. And the inevitable consequence falls on you. I'm just going to laugh. And this is not the laughter of glee. This is the laughter of frustration. This is wisdom saying, I told you so. And you wouldn't listen. Some of you know exactly how that feels. You have told your teenager over and over again that the road they're on is headed to pain. And they wouldn't listen to you. And then eventually the pain comes. And then they're all broken and despondent and despairing. 
And it's not that you laugh at them and revel in their pain, but in your heart you're going, I told you this was going to happen. We had this conversation. I can't tell you how many times as a pastor I have experienced that same thing. People come to me wanting counsel and guidance, and I try to give them the best spiritual guidance I know how, and yet I can tell when they walk out the door they're not interested in what they just heard, and they keep going down that road, and then life falls apart, and now they're mad at God as if it's God's fault. And all the while, wisdom is going, I've been telling you this, but you wouldn't listen. Continue. Verse 28, wisdom says, Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Verse 29, Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord. Verse 30, Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. You wanted life your way, You can have it your way. But your choices have consequences. And the reason wisdom now says that she won't hear when they finally call out to her is not because she's hard-hearted. Here's the problem. They found themselves in total despair and in destruction, and now they're looking for advice to mitigate the pain and the problems. Now they're looking for a quick fix to get out of this mess they're in, and it's too late. It's too late. You should have made the wise choice earlier, but now you're suffering the consequences. And listen, I'm not pointing a finger here. I am giving a confession here. I've been there. I've done that. I was the one who didn't study for the exam, even though the professor said at the very first day, pointed out in the syllabus, this exam is coming. Keep up with your work. Don't get behind. You got to study for a couple of hours every day. And I didn't listen. And now I'm sitting there staring a test that looks like Greek. I don't know the answers. It's too late to say, dear God, help me to remember that which I've never studied. It doesn't work that way. I should have listened to the advice I received in the beginning. And I would have kept myself out of that position and predicament. And we've all done that, haven't we? God says, here's how you handle your finances. We totally ignore it. We get ourselves in a mess. And all the while, God is saying, I've been trying to tell you this. And now we want a quick fix. And God says, no, I'm here to help you. But it's going to take some time now to fix what you've broken. We ignore God's wisdom for our marriage. And we take advantage of our spouse. And we don't focus on our relationship with God and our spouse. And then we wake up one day and we have drifted apart. And then all of a sudden, we want to fix things overnight. When it didn't happen overnight that we got in this problem. We wind up feeling the consequences of our choices. And so wisdom says, don't be a dummy. Other people have gone down this road. Don't go down this road. Because the fifth lesson that I want to point out to you today from wisdom is you can listen and live before it's too late. None of us can go back and change yesterday. But we can say, beginning today, I want to learn how to live wisely. I want to listen to wisdom and then I want to live it out by God's grace and with God's help. And I want to do it before it's too late, before I suffer the consequences of not living wisely. 
Look at verses 32 and 33. Beginning with verse 32, Proverbs 1, 32. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Verse 33. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Wisdom says, listen and live before it's too late. Don't wait until you're in the middle of your problems brought on by yourself. Why don't you go ahead and get ahead of this thing and start learning to listen and live wisely now? I don't think it was original to my dad, but I remember him saying to me when I was a teenager, Ricky, if you could kick the person who caused most of your problems, you wouldn't be able to sit down. That was his way of saying, you're the one making these choices. Now you have got to make better choices. And you need to do it now. Can't change yesterday, but you can change today. You can learn to listen and live. And whenever the proverb tells us, whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Does that mean that nothing bad will ever happen to you? If you live for God, you'll never be sick. You'll never have financial stress. You'll never go through relationship problems. Is that what it means? Hurricanes will never hit your, te- your town. Is that what it means? No, that's not what it means. What it means is there's never a person who regrets living for God. Even when life is tough, they know that they've still lived for God and done the wise things and that the ultimate payoff for them is not in this life. It's in the life to come when they hear the words of Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of your Lord. You can have confidence and peace knowing My life's not always easy. It's not perfect. I don't always get this right. It's not always without problems. But I never regret living for God and putting his wisdom to practice in my life. And I want to help you understand something about wisdom. Wisdom, and I think I really need to put this, and I wish I had put it in the notes for your screen, but wisdom is not just learning what is right and then doing it. Let's just be honest. Wisdom is learning what's right and doing it with God's help. Because none of us can live wisely like we should on our own. This sermon would be a total failure if I said, okay now, let's all leave here and try harder. Because we're all sinners. We all struggle to make sense of life and to live out God's word in our daily lives. You know what we need? We need Jesus living his life through us. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, the Bible talks about little Jesus when he was a boy. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and people. So he grew in wisdom. He grew intellectually and spiritually. He grew physically. And he grew relationally with his Father in heaven and with other people In other words, he was truly God in flesh. He truly became one of us. He truly was a human being. And he's the only one who ever perfectly lived out the wisdom of God's word. And we would do well to look to him. Here's here's your homework for putting this to practice. The bottom line is accept God's wisdom 
or accept the consequences. I think that's what wisdom is trying to tell us. She's preaching to us. Accept God's wisdom or accept the consequences. So the application for us is we need to begin to ask God, what is the wise thing for me to do? Whatever situation we're facing, whatever choice that we're about to make, we need to ask what is the wise thing for me to do. And we ask God, and he answers through his word, and he answers through godly counsel of other people. What's the wise thing for me to do, God? And then to ask God to help us to do it, to lean on Jesus. Jesus, I need your strength. I need your guidance. I need your power. I need your help. You remember many years ago we had the Bracelets, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And, and we were taught, you know, before you do anything, ask the question, what would Jesus do? Maybe we should just say, the question is, what did Jesus do? Let's go back and learn more about how he lived. Look at his life in the Gospels. And just follow his example. And lean on his power. And you'll have the wise way to live. I'm going to tell our young people once again, you're living in difficult, complicated times. But God loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to guide you because he loves you, not because he wants to harm you. And I can tell you every adult in this room or every adult that you know who is a follower of Jesus will tell you, you'll never regret living for God today. You'll only regret not living for him, not living out his wisdom in your life. And our prayer for you is that you would begin a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And if you have already done that, you would let Jesus be a part of every day of your life, every decision of your life, every relationship of your life. He loves you that much. He's given you wisdom. Don't ignore his directions. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in the stillness of this moment, we thank you for this reminder that you love us enough, that you want to be a part of every aspect of our lives to help us. And we thank you for that. Thank you for wisdom that you've made available. We have the Bible. We have godly teachers and we have godly books and podcasts and we have people in our lives who love us enough to tell us the truth. Thank you for all the wisdom you've made available to us. Help us to learn to listen and by your grace to live out your wisdom in our lives. And remind us today that we will accept your wisdom or we'll accept the consequences. You're not going to force us to live for you. And so, Father, I pray that today we would choose to live for you and ask you, God, in this decision, in this relationship, in this responsibility of my life, God, what is the wise thing for me to do? And then may we listen to your wisdom and may by your power we live it out. God, we need your help. We can't do this on our own. Father, I pray if there's anyone here that needs Jesus, they would turn from their sin and trust in him as their personal Lord and Savior and not be ashamed of him, but to go public with their faith through baptism and connecting with the church. And Father, if we could be that church for them, I pray they would let us know that and let us be that community of faith for them. Or if we can help them find a place where they live, we would be honored to do that. But God, for all of us who want to live wisely, help us today to say, God, what is the wise thing for me to do in my life? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said,
Hey, if today's been helpful, share this message on social media and invite somebody to join us next week. We would love to have them. God bless you.